All right, from the world headquarters in Breckenridge, Colorado. And what a beautiful day on June 16th. This is day three of Road Trip 2021 as the Modern Eater Show continues from Breckenridge Distillery. And what a treat. Got the whole cast and crew and myself and Jay Parker and Brian Freeman. We're out on the road and we got a big show for you. You got to line up. You're taking a look through here right now, and I want to introduce to you this gentleman right now, Sean. He's the GM of Breckenridge Distillery, and we're just taking a look through. We're walking in, and man, thank you for the welcome. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you guys being here uh, today. Like I said, y'all are great partners for us, I and mean, anytime we get the opportunity to do something with you guys, we absolutely take advantage of it. So. He's my friend, and he's my eating partner. We go out, and we have a lot of fun together, and Chef James Doxson from uh, Vide Concepts. Good to have you here in Breckenridge, Colorado. It means a lot to go out there and connect with uh, Colorado and all the great things that we have, but uh, other places as well. This is a treat here tonight in Breckenridge. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so uh, It's been so amazing meeting everybody here, uh, coming to Breckenridge Distillery. I've never been here. I certainly will be back. Here's what you're going to get tonight, Brian, is we've got a lot of photos for the whole day, not only today, but two days prior to that. We're going to show you some stuff. We're going to talk about our itinerary. But themoderneater.com is where you can see a lot of stuff. We'd appreciate it if you followed along as well. Okay, let's do that. First of all, talk about Breckenridge Distillery, if you would, and uh, thanks for having us. It's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Breckenridge Distillery, we're a... Uh we're a little distillery located up in Breckenridge, Colorado. We, uh, you know, really showcase our, our flagship bourbon as kind of our number one. But we also do, you know, a lot of people don't know that we do a vodka. We do a couple different kinds of vodka. We have a chili vodka, an espresso vodka, um, and so on and so on. We also have a gin, which our gin this year won uh, best compound gin in the what? world. So, yeah, we're wow, pretty pumped about that. congratulations. Thank you That's so awesome, much. So, um, you know, we also put together a really, really cool uh, cocktail menu. Um, our liquid chef, Billy Keithley, I mean, she's out of this world. I, I can never speak enough about her. But um, she won at the World Whiskey Awards this year. She won Best Bar Manager in uh, America, which, I mean, if you wow. look at some of the big hitters out there, like, you know, Sazerac House and stuff like that, I mean, that's just an honor in itself to be able to work with somebody like that. So, Oh, my God, that's so cool. Really nice. We just had a steak come out. And not to be outshadowed by the amazing spirits here, but, oh, my God, talk about your food program, Sean. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're a distillery, and people maybe don't always know that we're a distillery. That doesn't mean we, mean we can't just have amazing food as well. So, you know, I was telling these guys, for lunch, we do more of a barbecue-style lunch. So, Texas-style brisket and ribs and sausages and stuff like that. And then we shut down for about an hour every day, and we turn into a more upscale, elevated dining restaurant. So, you know, we have everything from an amazing chicken and grits on the menu with a just summer tomato relish with a Spanish chorizo that's out of this world to, you know, this beautiful uh, Kobe New York strip steak as well as a, a wonderful um, dry-aged tomahawk ribeye. I mean, you name it, it's on that menu. So, And, and Greg, I can attest yeah. to that because we sat down and we got to have a little bit <laughs> of their food and everything from the start to the finish, including the drinks, were something different, fresh, unique. Not so unique was those red potatoes <laughs> sure. oh my gosh what one of the my favorite little dishes side dishes tonight was that yeah. but we did have the steak and we were lucky enough to have that chicken and grits i call them yeah. ceiling breakers and it's like <laughs> when when you want to just go far enough to be like okay we're good at what but no you're breaking ceilings right here in breckenridge colorado and i say 
what an amazing testament to a Colorado business that not only your business, but all of the other purveyors and producers around the state that you work with to be the best Colorado businesses that you could possibly be. Just talk about how long you've been around right here and the progression throughout the years that you've been doing business with uh, in Breckenridge. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the distillery's been here for um, 11 years. The restaurant's been here for three of those years. Um, and, and like you said, you nailed it. You know, we're very involved in the community with every single thing we do. We're very involved in the state as well. So when we're talking about products, you know, we're, we're really big on sourcing products from Colorado where we can. Because let's be real. I mean, Colorado has some of the most amazing products you can have. From the beef that's at the ranches to the peaches out in Palisade to the onions to the corn. I mean, you name it. It's there for you. Yeah. If you want to source it in Colorado, you have the ability to do that. You just have to put in a little extra work to make that happen. So You're going to hear some yeah. great stories tonight of some grains that, I mean, uh, where do the grains go when you have spent grains at a distillery? Well, they should go to great use, and you're going to hear that story with Centennial Cuts here tonight. And I have to tell you right now, thank you to our great uh, partners with the Modern Eater Show to be able to provide us with this programming. Give me this center shot, Jay, right here. Uh it's amazing as we travel the state, our partners are working so hard to bring you this programming. We're doing a 1,600-mile loop in Colorado, not just to the left coast, not all the way to the east coast. We are right here in Colorado for 21 days straight, Sean, to illustrate what great people we have in Colorado working together to be the best of the best in the business. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're showing here at Breckenridge tonight. It's such a great time. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, right? Chefs are rock stars. So instead of uh, following the Grateful Dead on tour, now you can follow the great you know chefs that are going around and check out their restaurants I instead. I love that so. Yep. so show us this. And I want to show you a little video of a room. And it's not a secret room, but it's a very uh, – it's held in high esteem. But I just think this is the coolest thing. So – Check this out and give us the play-by-play -play if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So this is our Dark Arts room. It's um, mainly for our Whiskey Club members, our Dark Arts members. Uh, we, we have a couple kind of high-profile guys on there. I don't, I don't want to name drop, but I'm going to name drop. So Do it. You know, we have uh, Lance Armstrong as a member there, Michael Strahan, um, Chris Fowler, who I can't talk enough about that guy, ESPN uh, College Game Day, that dude's out of this world. Um, we love our Dark Arts members. We love having them come in, use the room. Um, experience that, but we also use the room for large parties for, for you know, guests that want to come in with maybe 15 guests. You know, we can accommodate them in there. Um, what you're looking at now is what we call our Founders Lab. So it's our newest addition to the distillery. Believe it or not, that used to be the bottling room. Uh, we've moved our bottling uh, into what, what was our barrel room, moved our barrels to a warehouse because we just kind of outgrew it. So we're using this room as um, a really cool, we're going to hold blending classes in there. We're going to hold uh, um, pairing. So, you know, Chef Robbie has come up with some really cool items that you could pair whiskeys with. And so you'll sit down, you'll have a whiskey, you'll have a food item, you'll be able to take a sip of that, take a bite of that food item. And, and we'll also have people in there letting you know how those items pair together, what you're looking for um, taste-wise, smell-wise. I mean, all your senses that you use eat food. I mean, even sight, right? We use our eyes as well. So, Yep. And something, Sean, I found out today, which was really cool. You guys will allow people to come in and blend. Yeah. Tell us about that. So that's exactly right. Um, I don't know if we got a shot of it, but if you look on one of the walls there in the Founders Lab, there are uh, a bunch of barrels there. And they all have whiskeys in them, uh, bourbons from, you know, different, different distills and different, you know, um, 
batches, if you will. And so people can come in and they can kind of taste that in our, our master blenders and whatnot. We'll take you through and let you taste stuff and they'll, they'll explain what you're tasting and then you can blend that with something else and you can make your own custom bottles in there, which I think is super cool. That so. is because it's a one of a kind. Mm -hmm. And what not, I think that'd be a great gift to get anyone. Yeah. And if my kids are listening, it's Father's Day. <laughs> um, you know, what a gift to get me as a gift card to come down to Breckenridge Distilling and mix up my, one of my own bottles of whiskey. Yeah, you know, as a father, uh, even though I work here, I think I would still really enjoy that as well, yeah. you know. So. It's so good. I mean, and you guys just, when I think of businesses that are, are at the top of the hill, how, how are you guys going to get better? I'm looking out here, and you're doing <laughs> some new renovations and making outdoor dining, as we saw. We learned a lot through COVID to be able to utilize as much space as possible. But you're constantly trying to move the needle and raise the bar for what you're doing. What's in the future for Breckenridge? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. When, once you get complacent, that's kind of the end of everything for you, right? And we're never complacent here. We're always looking to the next step. So, uh, yeah, what you see out here is our pavilion. Um, so what we're going to do with that pavilion is we're just going to have some really cool events in there. Uh, on the south wall, there's going to be this really cool fireplace. We're going to hang a beautiful chandelier from the top, so it's going to light the whole thing up. I mean, when you look around this place, I mean, you see quality, right? We do quality in every single thing we do, whether it's the barrels that we display to the buildings that we build, you know? And, and so for us, the next step right now is to build this little pavilion area, let people come out, have their weddings here, host their weddings, do it in one of, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And then, you know, what are we going to do after that? I don't know, but I guarantee it's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to plead to have my wedding in the <laughs> founder's room. That's where I want it. I mean, outside, I love the pavilion, but wow, amongst the bottles and all, it just everything is building up. But the tradition and the history, I mean, gosh, I can't even wait to see what the future is going to be for you guys. Yep. Well, Greg, but what's cool, though, is now, aren't you guys distributed in 50, all 52 states? Or what? We're, uh, we're, we're 49, 49 out 49. of 50. Yeah. Um, we're, we're having a little challenge in one of the states. I don't know if I can say what state that is. It's God, a, I'd love for you to say. <laughs> I'm curious. I want to sure. know what it is. It's a liquor control state, which those can be yeah. a little bit tough. But, I mean, we're navigating those waters. Utah. Luckily, yeah, I was just going to no, say. No, it's not Utah. Utah. It's not Utah. It. But uh, it's, it's a small state, so if you want to get our products, it's not a very far drive across the border to go get it somewhere else. So. Right on. I love it. Man, Sean, thanks for letting us catch up with you. We're going to do a show, and we're going to talk about all of Colorado. Where's your favorite place to go camping? Do you like to camp? Oh, man, love to camp. I'm a big fly fisherman, so I really like to go down to uh, 11 Mile Canyon because they got some really cool camp spots kind of up and down the water there. The wife and kid can go off and do a hike, which they love to do. I can get on the water and just fly fish for hours and pull monsters out of that river. So That's awesome. really happy to I do love it. That. You rock. Love Thanks that for awesome. hosting us here tonight. We appreciate it. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back. We're going to continue on with Chef James Stockson. We're going to talk about some food and this steak that came out right here. But you guys were nice enough to sh let us sh uh, showcase a steak that comes out of Walsenburg, Colorado, and this is Centennial Cuts. There's a sp uh, spent grain story that we want to get into, but, I mean, maybe you know it, but your spent grains, did you know they go out to some of these ranchers here in Colorado? Oh, yeah. It's, I call it full circle dining. I mean, we set the spent grain. I'll let them talk more about it, but we set the spent grain to set them. Set it up. I'd love you know? for you to set it up, Absolutely. Sean. Absolutely. So they, we sent the spent grain down to them. You know, Adam's kind enough to come up with a trailer about once a week. He hooks. He leaves the empty trailer hooks up the full trailer, takes it back down. They turn it into cow feed. And then um, we actually purchased those cows from Centennial Farms 
and uh, we use that meat in our restaurant. And so full circle dining, it all comes back around. So. Oh, man. It is best. such an awesome story, hey, man. He's got, it, when you see the uh, tag says GM, <laughs> uh, that he is the GM, but he's now also Sean, and yeah. he is just a very approachable guy. You're the sweetest guy that we've come across, and we can't believe that we're here tonight in Breckenridge, Colorado, as the sun sets. It's a fantastic evening. Wow, there's like 100-degree days that are going on right now, and to be up in Breckenridge, yeah. Colorado is a treat. Come here early and often. You saw the video of that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to show you. What have we been doing the past couple of days? It's oh, it's been a big trip. All right. Uh, what, what do you know about AI, artificial insemination? You are going to tell people a lot more than they want to. I, I know. Did you imagine. think I was going to say that? I can only imagine. As a setup for this, I actually want to get this to show. This is what we're going to be talking about coming up next. It's an interesting thing, but we want to show you a lot of the Colorado ranchers want you to know the husbandry of what they do with their animals. It's so very humane, and they do a great job. I mean, don't you think when you go around and you see what they're yeah, doing? Yeah, well, when you really state? get to hear what the rancher is doing and how they want to treat the animals, you do take a, a different. There's a, it's a loaded topic, I'll tell you that, and we're not going to go to that side of it. But I will say, we have a lot of ranchers in Colorado that really, really care about what they're doing. Here's a sneak peek of what you're about to see that's coming up next on the Modern (laughs) Eater Show. We'll take a break. I don't see them. Do you see them? I don't see them. I don't know where the heck they are. At least we know they're in Colorado somewhere. Somewhere. I'm going to go find them. But in the meantime, let's go back into the chef's playground. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Colorado. Rich O'Brien here with Elevation Food Service Reps. Monica Leonard helping me out here. We just got back into the chef's playground. Uh, big supporters of the Modern Eater. We hope you guys are having a great time out on the road trip. I'm getting kind of excited to go see those guys. Oh, super excited. You know, the Modern Eater, we're super, super excited to be uh, supporters, sponsors. And, boy, these guys are really doing a lot for the Colorado food service community and all of our restaurant tours, especially as we come out of COVID. Um, what we've got here is what we like to call our chef's playground here at Elevation Food Service Reps with all the brands that we represent, a lot of best-in-class brands. Yes. Um, and, and Monica has been real helpful in helping get a lot of these events set up for people to come in here. And we want you to feel very confident in coming in here to use some of our state-of-the-art equipment. So look us up at elevationfs.com or give yep. us a call over here at 303-750-3727 and uh, just let us know what you'd like to demo. Come see us. Good to Yes, we we are a Colorado family-owned business. We have our very own Colorado shelf. Hey there, barbecue all-star. This is your year. So what if you weren't drafted? The only draft you need to be worried about is actually spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T. And it's adult for the word beer. It's barbecue season, baby. Now get out there and grill your ass off. minutes to where I was going to crack this open and take it home myself, but I decided I would stock you guys up for your road trip. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now back to the show. Okay, it's me on the Modern Eater Show right now. I'm sorry. 
I have a mouthful of delicious Colorado beef right now. And Luke Larson from Centennial Cuts joins us right now. It's good to see you, Luke. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Here we are in Breckenridge, Colorado, and James Doxson and Brian Freeman, Jay Parker. This is what I love the most is to be out on the road and connect Colorado to its food and beverage. Got to thank all of our sponsors that are making this happen right now, and we're going to go through our stops. Let me swallow so you don't have to hear me chewing because that's annoying. But thanks to Elevation Food Service reps and Breckenridge Distillery, Colorado Mill Sunflower Products, Royal Crest Dairy, Sawatch Artisan Foods, Seattle Fish Company, Centennial Cuts, Cheese Importers, The Max and the Rainbow, their great hotels and motels, in Greeley and Lamar, Colorado, Bow and Arrow Brands, they have a delicious cornmeal, Far, uh, Farm Box Foods, the Spice Guy, Aspen Baking Company, Strohauer Farms, and Brews Beers. These are all great Colorado brands, guys, and that's what we love to do. Luke Larson with Centennial Cuts. There's a delicious platter of beef right here. What are we eating, Luke? Bone-in ribeye, ju- juicy beef. Good. Mm. Are, are you liking it? <laughs> it's juicy. He is liking it. Talk about Centennial Cuts. So we're out in southeast Colorado, about three and a half hours south and east of here, um, out on the plains. We uh, pride ourselves in juicy beef. We are after a well-marbled, flavorful, juicy cut of beef. That's that's our goal. Um, Colorado born, raised, harvested. Every, everything is, is all Colorado, everything we do. Um, I think you guys talked about earlier our relationship with Breckenridge Distillery. So... The way we get our juicy beef is locally grown corn um, and distiller's grains that we get from Breckenridge. That's our, our secret sauce and and how we get the juicy in, in the beef. James, I love it. as an executive chef for Vibe Concepts in a restaurant group, and you're looking to provide your guests with the best experience but product and story, when you hear a story like Centennial Cuts, where do you, where do you begin and end with that? Well, I think it's so noble and awesome that you guys are in this industry of uh, being trying to be sustainable, you know, using the whole whole animal um, start to finish. You know, we talked about that and and kind of reverse orienting your your company vision to be able to do that. And, And starting with, okay, how starting with the thought, how do we use utilize everything what does that look like uh down to our beef sticks and you know not not just having excess ground beef uh at the end of the day and how what does that look like to use the whole animal and then okay let's grow the brand from here right it's tough i I think it's very noble and i think it's it's an amazing product uh and something to stand behind for colorado Um, thank you yeah it's been a lifelong dream it's something i i got out of college which has now been Way too long ago, um, 20-some years ago, I got out of college. That's what I want to do, a branded beef. And you start into that, and it sounds easy. You you find a processor, you find a customer, and you put it together. But it's so complex with beef. Um, it's not like produce. I mean, you've got, like you say, the whole animal. And to maximize value of the whole animal and not not waste and compete with uh, compete with the corporates that are that are utilizing more than the whole animal. They're utilizing every single the tongue and the um, and, and all the other byproducts, it's a, it's a challenge. But it's uh, any any dream worth having is, is always a challenge. So it's, it's fun. I agree. Yeah. Uh, prime cuts go so quick, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, no problem with that. The, I always call it the hamburger conundrum for ranchers. They're trying to go 
direct to market because uh, it, it's not an easy business. But I love to see Colorado ranchers, and we're going to have an opportunity to visit Walsenburg and where uh, you're you're part of the world. But just talk about what the modern eater we're going to experience and what we're going to see. And I, I I mean I love that part of the world of uh, Walsenburg and Southern Colorado. Yeah, it, it's great country. It's some of our biggest farming. You know, right down there in the San Luis Valley as well. Yep. That's just, you know, just to the west of you. It's a forgotten part of Colorado. So, yeah, you'll start out um, east of Walsenburg where my wife and two boys and I live. And uh, we're going to slow it down. You guys have had a fast-paced trip. And, and I think you'll be ready to ready to slow down. I want I want to show you the ranch, which takes time. It's not. We're on a total of 100,000 acres spread out um, between Fowler and Walsenburg. Um, there's a lot of country to see. You're not going to see it all, but I, I want to slow down. And um, when we have company down for the weekend, friends, family down for the weekend, I want to give you that experience. Slow it down. Show you the canyons. Show you the um, what it, what we love about the country. Um, it's a special place, and can't wait to do that. Luke, let me. Oh, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got a question. Hey. Wants to jump in, do it. Uh, Who wants to go first? Go ahead, James. I, I just wanted to say I, I think that's uh, amazing. The ability to slow down um, out in the countryside in this beautiful agricultural district of Colorado, it, it reminds me of the importance that we're all here to spend with family and spend uh, time enjoying ourselves, eating good food, bringing yeah. each other together, having these you know conversations, and just really slowing down and enjoying life and enjoying the company and the food that you're yeah. having and the beverage that you're having well this is day three of 21 as we uh, loop colorado 1600 miles brian we're gonna have a good time doing it but uh, there's a lot and there's a lot of great people to be able to showcase and highlight and colorado i think is some of the best because as you look across the board and i want to just be serious for a half a second there, there's an attack on agriculture right now and there's a lot of bills that are coming up that uh, you should take a good hard look at because if that chain is broken, you're going to have a very difficult time. And, and if you can't source locally for your food and you've got to go far, farther for it, it's going to bring up the cost of a lot of things. And there's, there's a chain that's happening right now in Colorado that we have to protect and covet. And we want to show you that as we tour Colorado in this state. I think it's more important than ever for you to connect with your food. And that's what we really want to highlight. As this past couple of days, we spent in northern Colorado, in Well County specifically, uh, that's a potato region. We saw a lot of onions, and there was a dairy farm that I, I near and dear that I thought was really cool. Um, but just to see Don't these, forget about the carrots. Don't forget. No, don't forget about the carrots. But the farmers and ranchers and, and just the connection with the food, from whether it's produce or livestock in general, the husbandry when it comes to livestock is somehow there's been this effort to be able to uh, slight or just knock the way that people are raising their livestock. It's the farthest thing from the possible truth that you can even possibly believe. You didn't get in the business to abuse animals or to take advantage of them or to profit off of them. It's the love for the animals and the food and the art of bringing nutrition to people, and the end product is juicy beef. But, uh, I mean, take well, it from there. Thank you for, for bringing that up, Greg. No, it, it, is, uh, it is something I, all of us are very passionate about in the ag industry. It's, it's, it, when what we do is not what we do it's who we are and when that gets attacked and when people 
people want to minimize, not, not just minimize, but want to attack what you do. It's personal. It's very personal, very emotional. And people have no idea the passion that we have for the animals. It's not about profit. If it was about profit, we would be in a different business, I, I guarantee. I mean, obviously, we want to be sustainable. We want to profit to the extent that we can be sustainable. But um, when, when people that don't have an understanding, and that's not their fault. That's our fault. We need to educate them. That's what you're here to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm Absolutely. here to do. Uh, we need to educate them. It's not their fault they don't know. But they hopefully we can come together as a state as we have these initiatives yep. coming up, come together as a state, uh, both people that don't know and people that do know, people like you to bridge the gap. We've got to have these conversations because it's critical. I, people, more. the unintended consequences, when, when you, the people that are, are um, initiating these bills, when, when they're asked, why did you initiate them? They want to extend the rights they believe that were given to pets um, to that side of the, they want to extend those same rights to uh, food animals. And it's, it's just, it, it blows my mind because I, what, what they think is a right, what they think is humane um, is not what the animal wants. I, if people that like us that are around the animals know, uh, for instance, we love this atmosphere. We want to be here. This is a cow's worst nightmare. So why are we going to make environments that we feel as humans are, are good when it's a worst nightmare for an animal. So I, there's a lot of conversations we need to Luke, I, I think, though, excuse me one second, because uh, yeah. um, I think, uh, quite honestly, you hit it. And it's about education, yep. and it's about the disconnect where people have had with their food and the fact that in life we've become more about factory food, yep. that people don't talk about that. And we've stopped eating fresh foods. We've started eating stuff that's able to be shipped around the world. And we're not eating the things that grow in our backyard, eating seasonally, eating regionally. And that's where I think that there's a big disconnect because our, you know, when food. And if you have to go further for the food that we have right here in this great state of Colorado, and we drive the producers out of this state because you make it virtually impossible to do business, I just want to give you a homework assignment and just look at Ballot Initiative 16. And if you do your homework on Ballot Initiative 16, you will see a lot of things where you go, you know what, I don't think that makes much sense. But collectively, we have to have that voice because when you go to the Hill, and Capitol Hill is a very, it's an interesting, integral monster because it will make things seem like that's inhumane or you can't do that or or you're sexually exploiting an animal, which is absurd. And when you look at AI, and I just want to give you the raw truth here on the Modern Eater Show. So what I want to do is just show you a video. And this is in northern Colorado. And I thought it was very eloquently done at Walter Angus Ranch. And one of the things they wanted to show us were a couple of things. The castration of an animal, which was completely humane to see and to be done. And the AI, the artificial insemination of an animal that's needed to be done in order to do the breeding to bring you the delicious uh, livestock that you have on your dinner table every night. uh, Your steak at Whole Foods is not born in a package with plastic wrap around it. It comes from somewhere, and you want to know where those producers are. So if you want to see the real live stuff, and and Luke, I'll have you just jump in, and you can do the play-by-play of what we're seeing right here. It it is, and I would say that if, if you're a little squeamish, uh, maybe turn away from this, but I don't think you need to. This this is the raw reality of what happens in artificial insemination. 
Yeah, it's, it's a great tool in the beef industry, and the genetic improvement we can make through AI is, is astronomical. Um, the, the ability to, so marbling is a trait that's genetic, um, utilizing, um, utilizing semen from a proven sire that provides marbling uh, through this. Um, the, the effect on carbon footprint, um, the more efficient we produce beef, the lower carbon footprint. And people forget that. Um, so all the technologies we use are are important for the environment. Um, it's, it's very it's time tested. It's very clean. It's very efficient. This, this is, is a hard pro. This is a lot harder than it looks, by the way. So what what he's doing right here is trying to thread the needle um, through a corkscrew. Uh, the uter it's a it's a corkscrew that he's trying to fit that um, instrument through. And so he's maneuvering his his left hand um, and and sliding. The, the instrument in there until he gets to the end, which is like I said, a corkscrew, and it's it's a lot harder to do than it looks. But yeah, and just wow. so effortlessly done, yep. and 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 trust me when I tell you, and that that is Ty right there, and Ty at Walter Angus, uh, I mean they love what they do, and they try the animals and the livestock that is around them, they covet them, and they want them yes. to produce the best beef, and again. To, to produce for the end consumer, that's not an easy thing to do. No. Right? Yeah. Boy, I love this educational part of that. What are the things that you think that the end consumer needs to educate themselves on that maybe they're just in this world of where they're in bubble wrap and they're not really connected to the agriculture that they need to be? What are some other things that you think that need to be connected? I've got, a, I've got miles and miles of uh, long of lists that we'll get through by the end of the week. But So a few things. Factory farm, a word that gets thrown around. Large scale versus small scale. Um, that's one word. Natural, organic is another word. Um, I think people need to educate themselves about the pros and cons of all these. So what's most important to you um, as a consumer is carbon footprint um, most important. If it is, then organic, natural should actually fall down the list of where you prioritize. Is animal welfare the most important thing? Um, in my mind, animal welfare is top of mind, whether you're organic, whether you're natural, whether you're factory farm, whether you're, um, so I, I think your bases are covered. But I think the misnomer becomes um, factory farm bad, small good, um, and I, there's a balance and there's pros and cons to all of them. You guys were at Vanderduce and Dairy, which mm -hmm. I would call a factory farm. Mm -hmm. And you were, you've already said how impressed you yeah. were with Vanderduce. So it, it, there's, there's, uh, there's this concept that, um, I think people get that mass-produced, factory-farmed is is horrible, but there's there's a lot of advantages to, to some of these larger operations. Luke, though, expand, much, though. What, yeah, what is no, it? Uh, I want to know Brian, that. we have this conversation all the time, and I think it is a wonderful conversation because if there's any portion of the food chain broken, whether it's boutique food and beverage to mass-produced food and beverage, any portion of that along the way is a knock-on agriculture, and it all serves a purpose, right? I mean, I, I think so. either so, you're for or against. Yeah, but I don't think it has to be that way. So um, I, I don't know. So I, I too often compare it to uh, the beer industry, okay? So you've got Coors Light, right? Um, Coors Light, or Bud Light, whatever, corn syrup, it mass-produced, low cost of production, but you can go buy a 12-pack for whatever. It used to be $3.99. It's not that anymore. You can go buy a 12-pack for whatever. And there's consumers that that's their price point. That's most consumers. And that's they know what they're point. getting. And, and they know what they're getting. It. And it's consistent. And it. it's, sure. it's, it's cheaply produced. It, but 
there's choices. So you want you want the higher end. It's going to cost more produ- produce. Um, so in beef, I guess taking those same things, um, you can you can buy beef or milk out of a factory farm. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be way lower carbon footprint, by the way, which people forget mm-hmm. that part. Um, it's going to uh, you can argue that maybe the animals aren't as comfortable in a in a in a large scale production um, atmosphere, but you can also argue that they have way more resources thrown at them. Vanderduce and Dairy, I'm sure they have a a uh, uh, licensed nutritionist. They have a I'm sorry, not licensed. My dad's a nutritionist, so, but a, a PhD nutritionist. They have a, a DVM, a, a veterinarian on staff all the time, those cows have resources. So it'd be like somebody living in downtown Denver versus where I live and access to medical care. Way different. So there's advantages there that people automatically say, well, if I was a cow, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be at Vanderdews and Dairy. I'd want to be at a guy that has 50 cows. But they forget all the resources available. For, so I didn't mean to go down this no, large I, versus small scale. No, but, so but, it's a great conversation yeah. because I am a firm believer that if anything in that chain is broken, that the other portion of it may not be able to be even handled yeah. at all. So it all serves a purpose, and it's just education for the consumer to say, okay, I know what this is all about. I'm going to make that choice to either buy this or buy that or buy this. And some people have preferences of what they want to do. And, Brian, you have your own preferences. Well, no, I wanted to go in. I was really interested in what Luke was saying about, like, because to me, I want to understand that definition more of the factory, your concept of the factory farm. Because I looked at it at somebody like um, it's – Val- Valverde or the I I I, I want to say Verde that, dairy, I yeah, Palo Verde dairy yeah Palo Verde yeah that dairy to me does not it seems the farthest thing personally mm-hmm. from mass from a, a well, factory farm at all and, and, and so that's why thing. it's interesting their practices were so you un- the the impression was like no human hand touched any of that process and there was a new rag for everything that they were doing and they were going in and it it just seemed so coordinated and so uh, scaled and streamlined to where I felt very comfortable that if I was going to get my dairy from there, I'm okay with it. Almost. This is why I bring up the word factory farm. I want to, when a word bothers me, I want to, I want to normalize it. I want to bring it out. That that is a factory farm. So what people, uh, the conception of a of a of a, fam, a factory farm is. Is something way different than it actually well, is. Well, unintimate, mass-produced. Um, yeah. It takes advantage of things. It, it, it's just something that where it's like uh, it's a wrecking ball, and yeah. and it will move everything out of its way to produce what it wants to do. And dirty. When, when I when I saw it was so clean, and, and the resources, Luke, resources. of what you said was like they had the ability through their scaling to be able to produce a product that was consistent that was good for you and 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 really as the modern eater it didn't change my thought process but it comfort, it comforted me because i believe that they're i'm i'm going to look at everything on a specific occasion and that was something to me was very impressive so the analogy to that uh, uh, palo verde's not a, i don't know how many cows they milk did you uh, but oh it's my a god how many dairy. were in that uh, circle 72 and then and they it had was going all the time we spoke about that because it was um they, it was like three thousand a day yeah three thousand a day was it three thousand like a day yeah so it, that most people would consider that a a, a factory farm in, in cattle feeding there's there's large feeding organizations up around Greeley where you guys were 
100,000 head feed yards. So our, our family's a partner in a, in a large feed yard. Um, people think larger equals factory farm, but resources that are available for a large operation um, far exceed a small operation. So I, I want to talk a lot more about the word factory farm as we go. And, and, and it, it quite, the reason I, reason I bring it up is as we talk about these initiatives, there's going to be a divide. There's going to be people saying, okay, yes, we, we, we are pro-ag, but we're anti-factory farm. And I, I just think we need to be careful about that. Do you, is it a definition, though, Luke? That's what I'd encourage is yep. to create a real definition yep. of what a factory farm is. And it's more about outputs than anything, in my opinion. Um, because, see, I'm, I, I'm a little different. James, you were saying you, you would say a factory farm might be dirtier. I'm, I'm saying the, the perception of, is that, might be, is that well, like you see on all those documentaries, you know, factory farm. Oh, it's they're all clustered together. They're dirty. Like that's I think that's the general perception, gotcha, which gotcha, is not okay. true at all. No, uh, no. Yeah. And, and the, what is true is there is more. Right. There is and more, and, and when you have less and these guys that have to piecemeal things together in order to be that boutique kind of farmer, that ranch. I mean, listen, it, it is what it is, and we love the underdog, and we want you to be that place. But as we're looking at, at these different um, producers like uh, Fagerberg, they're like, we do, uh, and we do it great. It's carrots, right? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and so onions, it's, and, and, and Strohauer Farms, we do potatoes, and we do them well. And you narrow yourselves down. When you find your business, you find your lane, and you narrow it down. And that's when you figure out how to scale. God bless you. You're that business, and that's what you want to do because it's a business. is that boutique thing, and we love that about people. We love you starting out as an entrepreneur, and you're a small business, and you're progressing yourself. But when you figure out how to scale and you figure out what you do well and you're starting to produce it at a larger level to feed more people, we can't punish those people for doing that. Well, Greg, but isn't it, though, about being more intentional about what you're doing? Yes. And that's where I would go. Of all those farms and all those people that you spoke to, they became more intentional. Oh, God. This and, is and where I, I think, and so this is my thing, is, is a, a, our food system is broken. It's figuring itself out. It, it is, but there's a lot of I, – I, I, it is and it isn't. I don't know because what we're talking about, Greg, tonight yeah. is, is these bills specifically are going to continue to break well, our gonna, system. It's going to continue to drive people out of Colorado specifically to not do business here mm-hmm. to make it virtually impossible yeah. to source local food, which will break the local food chain and drive up the prices and have to bring things in. from. Out. And we don't want that. So we need to educate ourselves, and that's what our tour is all about. Mm-hmm. We have to break away right now, and that's a great time to do it. As the sun sets in Breckenridge, Colorado, and we're at Breckenridge Distillery, we are going down the wormhole, but we think you deserve that. We want to show you where your food and beverage comes from. We have 21 days and a lot of tour stops to go to. Uh, today is in Breckenridge, Colorado. We're going into Palisade, and we're going into Grand Junction, and then we'll drop down into our summer solstice party in Hotchkiss and Paonian. We'll head down through Montrose into Telluride and Durango, and then through the San Luis Valley into Monte Vista and Del Norte, and we'll head up, and, and we're we're going to take a little detour because we need to go see our friend Luke Larson. So we'll go under the Sandit Christos right into Walsenburg and we'll spend some time with you. Then we'll head in, into Lamar. That'll be fantastic. We're going to have a little summit and it's going to be an ag summit to talk about uh, cattle and beef in Colorado. And we're so looking forward to doing that. We'll head into Colorado Springs. Oh, you forgot about Pueblo. 
Pueblo. Pueblo. How could you? Because Chili's. Ch Chili's. Uh, Rocky Chili's. Ford as well. We have so many great things. And Colorado beef is one of those things. I mean, when you think about Rocky Ford melons and Colorado chilies, and you think about uh, uh, La Salle and potatoes, and you think about uh, cherries and peaches and palisades. Western And you, you think about uh, Olathe corn. We have so many great things in Colorado, and it's getting into that season. We're so excited about it, and we can't thank you enough for joining us. The Modern Eater Show, we continue. We have a lot of pictures. We want to show you the picture of the day. We do that, and we want you to vote on that as well. We're taking pictures from our cameras, and I think I have the best picture. Always. He always does. I think I have the best <laughs> picture. We'll show you those and so much more. We'll come back in a flash to The Modern Eater Show. We continue from Breckenridge Distillery right here in Breckenridge, Colorado. <laughs> Studio Kitchen here, guys, delivering some butter for your road trip. So what you doing in my parking lot? <laughs> so Sawaj is a uh, artisanal company that focuses on European-style butter and cheeses. Yes, so we have our 84% European-style butter, grass-fed butter. This one is 100% uh, grass-fed butter, uh, over 84% butterfat content, which means there's more butterfat, less water. Cooks better at higher temperatures. Perfect for baking. Oh my goodness! Look at that. Look at the color of that. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that, that our customers notice. What? This is a new release. We don't even have it out yet, Greg. This will be going to retail this weekend. Oh, look at that! Thanks again. <laughs> Absolutely. Our team. Man. Later. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. Farm box foods, farm box foods. We are a company who builds farms and shipping containers. So we make hydroponic and gourmet mushroom farms. to Breckenridge, Colorado and Breckenridge Distillery. I have to give a shout out to Jessie, who's the marketing coordinator here. Uh, she's got it all together and I'm just learning so much from her and what she does. And uh, you look at these great Colorado brands and Breckenridge Distillery being one of them. Uh, I'm just in awe to see people who put together such great businesses. And Brian, I mean, you've been, have you been impressed from just top to bottom? Oh, the few times we have been here, every time it has been First-class service all the way. They're super attentive to all your needs. And you just couldn't couldn't find a more relaxing and enjoyable place in Breckenridge, I'll tell you what. James is a chef and a uh, buyer for a great restaurant chain. And um, uh, it's just a local bu local businesses that I really admire. But Vibe Concepts, and you do such a great job with your whole team. When you're looking for food and you want your guests to have the best experience, when you're hearing conversations like this about Colorado and our commitment to being able to not only source but the producers and to support that, uh, where, where do you fit in with that, with your whole philosophy and thought process? 
Well, so it's the what what I really uh, think about when we when we look at that is you know we try and build relationships. We try and build uh, communication between you know local producers uh, like Luke and and you know we have a lot of restaurants and we require consistency at our restaurants right you go from restaurant to restaurant within our group and you want the same great burger you want the same great steak you know that you you know and love from vibe concepts but that being said you know we we do use you know uh cisco as our main purveyor but within cisco we try and build those relationships little rich Racolitas tortillas. Yes. Oh my goodness! You know, so we're using Racolitas tortillas. Yeah. Aspen, Aspen baking, baking Company, Spice Guy. You know, we can go and down the. We can go down your list. Right it's here. an obligation. No, oh God, no, no. We do it because it's the best product that it, you can have. It's the best product, and it's and it's again building those relationships it, in the hospitality industry, in this industry, in the world. I think building relationships is one of the most important things to everyone in the world. Because you don't go through life and, you know, on your, on your deathbed and wish you had more, you know, uh, you know, of the best knife in the world, you know, or the best, you know, plates or whatever. You wish you had spent more time with your relationships. So good. You wish you had spent more time with your family and the people that you love and getting to know other people. And so with that in mind, you know, we... We really want to have those relationships with Zach from Spice Guy, and we've, we've been working with him for eight years, you know, and, and God, we're so proud of him for getting big and, and, and blowing up his company and things like that. But when we see, when we work with people like that from the get-go and we see them launch their, their company and get bigger and, and expand, God, it's so proud for us, too. It, it's so proud for us. How do you educate yourself? How do, you, how do you understand to be the best of the best? Because I'll tell you what, and this is no knock on food service, and you guys are working so hard, chefs and restaurateurs and just trying to keep your businesses afloat and get it on track. But how do you keep yourself educated to where you're like, okay, we're not just buying food from the trucks that are coming through and we can drop off our beef and our toilet paper at the same time? You know what I'm talking about. Is that you're like, okay, I'm educated. I know what our resources are. I know what we can do. Is that an extra effort that you have to go through? I think there is a little bit of extra effort, but it's worth it, and it's uh, passion, right? Yeah. So it's not the people that are in this industry that are doing a, a great job, you know, and are, are building their, their hospitality industry, they're building their restaurants, are the ones that are passionate about finding people, about uh, connecting with the modern eater, about uh, connecting with different people that they meet uh, outside of their own restaurants, going out to eat at different restaurants, finding uh, a cool GM, you know, and, and hooking up with yeah, them. Sean. We're going to, we're going to, Sean and I are going to exchange contact for sure after this and just finding those cool people and then having those conversations and building those relationships with them. And it's like this. It's it's this whole connectivity of of you know people meeting other people meeting other people you know and you just start the building collaboration this web. right yeah I mean, when you can collaborate that's a sign of a, a, a secure business that's going to grow in right. the right way and but, uh, my my and the, the only the only extra effort I had to do there was being passionate and enjoying going to meet other people and going to other restaurants and and just being outspoken and talking to other people and being like, hey, you're a cool dude. 
you know? Hey, yeah. what's you're a cool you're well being you're a cool aware person. and that's what i love about you james and we go out and we uh, eat together and talk about food but just that awareness and and one thing that has drawn you towards the modern eater is you you go the other day you sent me a text and you go oh my god i'm watching you guys do this and i am just getting so ready to eat colorado food because it's right here and we're, we're getting into the season for all of these, the great produce coming back in. And you said, you know what? I need to come join you guys. And you did it. You went to LaSalle, Colorado, and you sat out there. What, what was that? Not last night, but the night before. Yeah, Monday yeah. night. You were there with us, and it was, you, were, you were compelled. You were drawn to. to it. I had to. I, you know, it was an hour, hour drive, which, you know, for some people might seem like an extra effort. But you know what? It's It's – it's uh, maybe it's the FOMO, the the fear of missing out, you know. Yeah. Whatever. But really, it's just it's getting to meet cool people. I knew there was somebody there, even if it's just one or ten new people that I was going to meet. What was your takeaway you know? to go up there to Well County? Oh, my takeaway was I, I told many people when I was there. It reminded me of home, yeah. and which made me even more love it uh, yeah. because I'm from Iowa. I'm from I'm from you know. Farmville, USA, yeah. and and uh, you know that's my. Does food so. taste better to you for with a story? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's all experience, right? right? It's it's perception, it's experience. It's when we sit next to each other by a fire and we're and we're having fun. Oh yeah. my God, that food tastes good. It doesn't even matter if it's you know hobo packets like uh, people people you know you you cut up some potatoes, a little onion, some butter, some some uh, seasoning in in some foil and throw it on the fire, you know, and you open that up. Oh, my God, that, those are the best potatoes in the world. Well, isn't food about community? It and is. once the community gets together, it's about the story yep. that, that binds community. Yeah. And so I, that's why I've always felt food is so important because it brings community together. It's, and it, it, it really is. So uh, just one last thing about that is, is, you know, it's different cultures too, right? So, uh, for example, you know, when I think of something like dumplings, I had an instance where I was I was eating, eating with a Korean family. They made some dumplings, uh, you know, that are traditional to them, and uh, it, it reminded me of when I was growing up. And my grandmother made, were German and Russian and Eastern European uh, heritage, and so we had a lot of you know pierogies, pierogies, uh, vareniki, which is the Russian version of pierogies, um, and so. That's what it reminded me of, and so it's it, it's 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 transcends cultures, right? Like food, uh, and this sense of community transcends cultures, and you can really relate, no matter who you are, where you are, you know what you're eating, because at the end of the day, it's all it's all you know rice, flour, water, sugar, well, salt. Well, but look at the potato, food you said, you know, James. The so dumpling, like, yeah. if the dumpling exists in every food culture, right. think about it. You've it got is. a dumpling in the Asian food. Always a dumpling. Always a sandwich in, in every culture. Some sort well, of sandwich. Well, an empanada, is this, isn't it the same? Right. Yeah. I, Whether it's using... a taco or a, or a gyro, like in the pita bread, or, or a sandwich, or a burger here, you know, or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's protein and vegetables between, between bread. We got the uh, house dog yeah, running yeah, around yeah. here, and this so. is what I love. Is we're kind of just settling in on day three of 21 days it's a loop in colorado 1600 miles and boy it's well worth it we could go out for a half a year in colorado and 
I mean, I don't know that we could even begin to tell the amount of stories that are out there. What we need to do is we need to take a break right now. And I, I can't tell you enough about the people, the partnerships that have jumped in to support this crusade. And it's just very important. Uh, what's important is for Coloradans to connect with our food and beverage because more and more when you understand about your local ingredients or the terroir of this state and how delicious those ingredients are, and that's where your passion, Brian, that's where it began with you is to work with these producers and the purveyors in Colorado that bring the ingredients together for chefs to be able to play with. It's a tricky state. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. It, it really is because uh, from region to region, and you go from flat rent lands to uh, very uh, mountainous regions in Colorado to f farming is agriculture here in Colorado is not easy but the people in their land they're so passionate about it Brian yeah I will and to what you just said we have really quite different zones in Colorado from the drylands I mean to if you look at the western slope where you've really got a high mountain desert yeah to down in the front range where it's still high mountain plains so I, it is just, it's a, a tough state to grow in, but I think that that shows the grit of the people that are too. here. And we have some of the best, if you look at it in the ranching, yeah. where the Wild West was, you know, really founded yeah. and the cattle people, yeah. like we're so lucky. That's what, you know, one of the things I admire I about Luke and all of our cattle Luke. families. Luke, wait so. until we get down to your spot and you've got some great stuff planned for us. It's going to be so cool. But as we go out and we do shout outs, to Colorado, and, and, and I'll tell you what, thank you so much, Colorado. If you're watching this video, you're going to want to share this. And you do rural Colorado as much as TME. We're a Denver show, and we're, out, I mean, off of six and federal, right? You can be any more Denver than that. But we're really the champions for the state. And uh, just this past year with the relationships that we have with the Colorado Restaurant Association and more of those great publications to where high tides raise all ships, you stick around. We're going to come back. Uh, to this very same location, and this is my favorite time of night. Things just settle down a little bit more in the Rocky Mountains. We've got a lot of days ahead of us, 18 more on this 21-day crusade. It's a loop in Colorado, and we are going to tell you some of the cool highlights when we come back, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. And then we'll do a little flashback from the past couple of days. But whatever you do, you want to go to our Instagram story. Yep. Man, that's so good. Our Instagram it's story. Fun. It's kind of it like is. a behind the scenes of everything that we're doing in the day. And then our live streams. Here's the deal. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're used to seeing the Modern Eater Show from 2 to 3 p.m. live on our network feeds. Whether it's YouTube or our Facebook, uh, you can watch the Modern Eater Show 2 to 3 p.m. We're up. Uh, postponing that program until 8 p.m. So 8 to 9 p.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, connectivity is one of those things where tricky. It, it, it's very <laughs> tricky. So Monday we wanted to do a show. It's kind of an extra long broadcast here tonight. We're going to do one more segment, come back here, but we want to bring you those shows every month, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then a special summer solstice show on this Father's Day coming up from Paonia, Colorado. It's Hotchkiss Paonia from Big B's at It'll be our summer solstice, uh, fourth annual summer yes, solstice fourth annual. from Big B. So stick around for that, and we'll do a great 4th of July show in Victor, Colorado. All roads lead to Victor. That's where we're going to end off, and we're started in Weld County. It's a big loop, and we can't believe that you're here with us. Thank you so much. We'll stick around, and we'll come right back from Breckenridge Distillery in Breckenridge, Colorado, the Modern Eater Show. We continue.
Crest. Yes! <laughs> Scott Jones, my friend, what's happening? Yep. You mind if I dig yeah, in? Dig in. Let's dig in. Right. Ooh, boy, I know this. Let's start with this, though, because this is on my breakfast table all the time. Yep, got the staples here. You got to have eggs. You got to have milk. This is the best bacon right here ever. The Polidori family is playing this with Carrizo, heavy cream for the chef, right? Oh Natalie's strawberry lemonade, a legendary chocolate milk. I'll tell you what. Those are the types of souvenirs that we get around the state, and it just means so much to us. And I don't know. Well, tell them what it is. Yeah. It's a well, hand no, ground. Luke, you know what that is, Luke? Yeah, hand engraved ear tags. So yeah, you've got the electric um, engraver thing where you make the tag, and they last for years and years. Instead of ink stamping them, they do that engraving, and it yeah it makes a good cool. tag. Tell me when you want audio on that. If you want audio, just so you know. Oh, Wait, thanks, Jay. Yeah, uh, very cool. I mean, I don't know, you guys. Here we are, and we're doing this tour in Colorado. Is this important? Luke, is this important for us to do this 21-day tour? Oh, we, we thank you for doing it. It's uh, Our industry has a hard time talking about ourselves, and we need people like you to to uh, bring bring everyone together. So we, yeah, very much appreciate it. It's, it's critical. I think it's much needed. And when we see brands like, and, and you know, Elevation Food Service, Rest, Breckenridge Distillery, Colorado Mills, Royal Crest Dairy, Watch Artisan Foods, Seattle Fish Company, Centennial Cuts, Cheese Importers, The Max and the Rainbow, Bow and Arrow Brand, Farm Box Foods, The Spice Guy, Aspen Baking Company, Strohauer Farms, <coughs> and uh, Brews Beers. You, you look at those brands and you go, gosh, those are top-notch Colorado brands. Obviously, it means something to them too, Brian. Well, m my head goes to a place a little bit different that, you know what, those... The, there's probably about a thousand years of operation yeah. with these, with all these places that he lists. As he was going down the list, one of the things that stuck out to me was hundred-year-old companies. For sure. And in this list, I he, I heard of five already, like right off the bat, that are centennial companies. And just as, as we were around northern Colorado, some of the many of the farms that we were visiting. Yeah. We're Centennial Farms as well. If that um, isn't sustainability, I don't know what is. Yeah. yeah. And and so that's must, important. must be pretty important to them yeah. as well. So Adam makes makes this trek up here to Breckenridge quite often. But first of all, just talk about the, the uh, relationship with Breckenridge Distillery and Centennial Cuts and those grains because you're making the trip up to Breckenridge all the time. And you're actually shaking the hands and meeting the chefs and you're talking about that. But you, you see the importance of connecting Colorado and going for full circle with not only a sustainable way of producing products, but just having that how do we support each other storyline. Yep, no, it, uh, you know, Brian Nolt, the owner of Breckenridge Distillery, was starting this distillery in this high, the, it's the highest elevation uh, distillery, I think, in the, the North America. So it was a big deal, and, but there's challenges with that. And they, so they got this distiller grain, and a lot of places have outlets for that, but kind of up here in the mountains, it's a little more difficult. So he, he knew that we were in the cattle business and said, you know, Adam, we were t hauling this 
this uh, byproduct to the dump and you know how can we make this work for everybody and so we said well you know he knew we had cattle and we could feed it to him and so we uh said yeah no we'll put a trailer up here we collect the the spent grain and feed it to the cattle and and then the beauty of that is is that we could feed you know we'd have our meat and our uh our high quality steaks and beef that we could turn around and they could serve in the restaurants so it was a uh, it was kind of a marriage made in heaven and we talked to them and well it, why would you want to feed that though to the cattle well i mean it, for us it's uh you protein. know it, yeah protein. protein it's a you know that that distiller's grain is a really good byproduct and high protein like luke says and uh, you know it's got that moisture in it and it makes the the ration very palatable and attractive for the cattle the cattle love it they eat it up and enjoy it, and it's, uh, it's a win-win. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. And, again, we were talking about this earlier, right, Luke? When companies can collaborate, that rises all the companies. For sure, for sure. No, and it, it makes uh, everything more enjoyable, too, when you've got partners. When you've got partners that you're working with that, uh, that have common goals and, and things they bring to the table, it just it makes business and life more enjoyable. So. I love rooms like this. Look up here. Okay, Adam, Luke. Um, I think we showed this a little bit earlier, but look at this room right here. And, wow, I want a locker immediately. But, Adam, I understand that you're an honorary men member of this room right here, and you spent a little bit of time on those sofas right there, my friend. Yeah, no, it, um, uh, as a partner and a contributor to the the process here, they've they've uh, hooked me up with some nice, Look at that. beautiful. Uh, and this is show it. Yeah, so this is Brian's. This is kind of what inspired him to the whole the bourbon deal. I mean, he was a big Scotch whiskey guy, and he did a tour in Europe. And I won't tell that story. That's his story, but. But anyway, this is what inspired him to this passion that he has with bourbon. And, and uh, so this is his flagship uh, scotch, I guess, you know, and it's a, their high-end product. And, and so I'd, I'd like to present it to you guys and for us all to enjoy. And, but, uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. I've had a, one or two uh, or too many uh, sips of this, and it, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> So, no, and I hope that maybe we could go into the dark arts room here in a bit and have a sample. Are you kidding me? we <laughs> got to stop the show immediately. Yeah. <laughs> show over. That's yeah. fantastic. And I give a gift the same way. I said to Brian, I said, hey, Brian, I have this bottle of tequila I think you'll really enjoy. Uh, let's drink it right now. Let me be a part of that drinking process of that, and I want to do that with you guys. But I do. I disagree with one thing you said what? is that you could have too, too many shots yeah. of that because I don't know that much. there is ever too, yeah, no, too many. It, uh, it's enjoyable. It's, uh, it goes down smooth, and it's, yeah, no, you're addicted when you start it. So it's, Nice. Yeah. Yep. Be careful. All right. Connecting dots <laughs> is what we love to do. Where am I at? Okay. Um, tomorrow, we're either going to stay in Breckenridge because we have more friends up here. And I just love the Carboy brand, right? Yeah. Carboy brand is a winery here in Colorado. And Carboy, if you, you've seen them in their Littleton location, they're also downtown. But in Breckenridge and Carboy, have you guys uh, got, had an opportunity to see Carboy? Yep. 
Yep, yep. I Are have. you a wine drinker? I am, yeah, yeah, I do. I do like wine. You I like, like bourbon it? more, but I, I do like wine. All right, but Colorado wine. What? Colorado wine can't right. be very good, but yes, it, it is. is. It's delicious. really good. And we're going to actually uh, complete that loop. So um, tomorrow we're going to go see Carboy Winery, and then we'll head over and Craig Jones, just a great friend of the Modern Eater Show. We're going to head out to Palisade. You know why? Uh, because Grapes. I think that there's some good things going on <laughs> yeah. out in Palisade right Savage now. Savage Spectrum, who um, Kaibab Savage does a great job of growing grapes in his lineage in Palisade, Colorado. and then Yeah, where he started, grapes. where Kaibab. Yeah, that's great. But also, we're going to be going right next Talbots. door to him as well. And we're going to be visiting our friends, the Talbots. Another. And, they, and the Talbots are not only growing grapes, they're growing peaches as well. Um, do and they do cherries too? You know, I bet they have a little bit because I know that they do apples. You know, they are one of those farms that really dabbled in quite a few things. They've yeah. got the Asian pears. They've got the apples, the peaches. And I got to believe they got a little bit of cherries. We have a lot of friends in Palisades. If they don't have cherries, we'll go see their neighbor, Brian Cox, right? Yep. And you know that <laughs> the Cox, Cox family has cherries. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. How's the cherry crop this year, Brian? This year was rough. Last year it was rough, too. Yeah, this year it was a very, very touch, touch and go for all of the Did orchards the out com there. Did the combine go through there No, yet? it wasn't that. It was a freeze that they got. They got a late freeze oh um, that really hurt things this year. I know they had to pluck a lot of vines for grapes out of Palisade and Grand Junction area. It was just it was a, they, it was a fluke a freeze this year, and it was it was spotty, but it did hit a lot of. So I, I what I've been told, and we're going to get to see it firsthand. Yeah, are you interested? To see, we're yeah. excited to see it. We, we can't are. wait to see what's happening in Palisade Grand Junction. And so I hope it's off the hook. I hope things are going good. Uh, I love well, the apple crop is going to be awesome. Is it? So that's that's the the interesting thing about sometimes on the western slope is is the the cherries might get knocked out. But the peaches actually are going to be awesome this year, the, and the apples are going to be awesome. So we're you know we're hoping to get a lot of a lot of good stuff this year. I mean, there's yeah. always there's always could be problems with apples because it's still far away. But I know peach harvest. We're some farmers should be picking peaches already right now. Um, so we are going to get, and it's going to be one of our first years that we're going to get to see that I because that. we've usually been going on these road trips much earlier in June, and we miss the peach harvest. Um, because we're at the beginning. Jay looks for cherry. But, Jay, yeah. Hey, Jerry, you want the cherries? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't I, wait because when Jay cherry. has cherries, he drives me nuts with those pitted cherries. He puts it in his mouth and he goes, then why can't you? Well, then why can't and then you throws wait? it. And then throws it. And. And then throws that's, it. He just that's does. The, that's the, the best. That's just as fun as it tastes. Is <laughs> no, doing a little, man. you know. And, and the, then uh, throw <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> man. You pick it. You, you get throw a, it. You get a red solo cup. You know. You see how many. You, that's how you know you, you're keeping your stuff together. You oh know? my god. That's how I know I'm aging well is how many seeds what I'm making. That yeah, cup. you eat that many cherries. I don't know that you're keeping too much together. <laughs> hey, man, don't you worry about but me. But that's the beauty of this. I mean, how are we doing in the state? Our loop will show you that. We'll be in uh, Grand Junction Palisade after that. And then we'll head down to Montrose, and we'll go through. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think? I think uh, are we going to get some corn, too, some sweet corn? Yes, oh, we wait. are supposed to see the Heralds. And um, I'm hoping to see uh, Tuxedo Farm, um, and that should be right around the 21st. And uh, that will be a treat because we have yet to go out and see yeah. the Heralds. And what do they do in the Four Corners? If, you want, or if you're interested, I think it's amazing when we go visit the Ute uh, tribe because yep. I can't believe how they grow 
anything on that property, but when they're calling in their water the day ahead, yeah, that's interesting as hell. How do you even know that? And how do you know what plot of land you're going to grow on and what you're going to grow on? But that's really interesting, too. So we'll see that in Durango, Colorado. We have Jay Lum, and it's like the north side and the whoa, south whoa, side. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You missed Telluride, oh, tell you babe. Right. No. Will Nolan. Will Nolan. Little house. We're coming, and Will's going to cook. It's a new segment that we have. You want to hear what this new segment is? I want to hear Since we're out on the RV and we're going to have chefs go out and cook with us, it's RV cooking tonight. Of course we're cooking tonight. Yes, we are. That's going to be a good thing, and, and Will Nolan will join us with that. Well, and we've got a special treat for him, right? We, we, should, we should give a, give him a hint. Yeah, he today know. we had a great visit. That. That visit today, just while I get a couple of pictures for that, but just tell them where we were today to visit Jared. What an incredible time. One of our last stops in northern Colorado was Fort Collins. And uh, so, and I don't want to say we saved the best for last, but it was sort of in my heart because I love ranching, Luke, and I'm not going to dish you at all. Right, right. Uh, But we went to this mushroom farm that was just sort of to my heart because he's using soil, He's using all the all the things that I love nice. in life, um, and uh, and he's putting out a product that really puts Colorado on the map nice. with specialty mushrooms. So we were at Hazel Dell Farms visiting our great friend Jared, and he has done that. Here's a picture you took. Um, yeah, isn't that? Look at that, you guys. Oh, That's oh, a yeah, shiitake mushroom. Isn't that just? Well, wait. I don't want to say who won picture of the day, but thank you for putting That's that out. That's not it. That I really appreciate that. Um, at all, for you sure. Know. <laughs> no. There were so many There's another picture incredible you took, sites. Yeah, don't you have the picture? I mean, it's one. not picture of the day. It's picture of the three days at this point, you know, but don't you have those, Greg? Because I, I, I want to see. Oh, there's right. a good one. Here's my pick. So here's my pick okay, of the day. That's Greg. Okay, so let me just do this. <laughs> All right. So who's worked an honest day in their life and who hasn't? Can I ask you there right there? Yeah. No, uh, I there s- might be one hand that you see is familiar in that, but that just goes to show you that every day that's a labor of love right there. And the whole th- this represents the food chain because here's the guy who's talking about the food and here's the guy who's producing the food. And without one another, that breaks down the chain. And I have to just show that dichotomy right there as we look at that. And I'll tell you what, that's um, that's Terry right there. And, Terry, that, that was an amazing job that you showed us around. Um, that was just so cool. So that's my that, picture that's a of cool the day. Pic. Who took that pic, though? That's your idea of Thanks, it. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like to take picture yeah. of my picture of the day right there? Let's see if we can find well, Jay's I, picture I need, of the day. In case I don't win, I need a scapegoat. I need a reason to go Wait, out first of all, there. that's uh, Brunson at River Bear. We oh, got to go into River Bear. <laughs> and uh, the chicken that I'm bringing along with us, that's basically Little Rich representing us. But. That's the raw entrance that we were taking a look at and uh, hanging meat. Nothing better than Brunson hanging some meat right there as well. Where's your picture, right Jay? Right there, yeah. That yeah, one. Right, yeah, which one? The kids? No, no, the uh, hand. Oh, right here. Yeah, that's All right, me. you guys like that? You guys can vote. I don't think we have anything up on the stream I, right well, now. I, well, I was going to do it, but it's, you know, we're just at that point. We'll get where, better at it. Yeah. But I, I mean, like I, that I, picture. I what, what does that symbolize to you, Jay? It, it symbolizes, uh, you know, kind of eating. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you know, it's it's it's. I can go deep on it. I guess. I mean, I just thought it was a cool pick. That's Brunson's hand. That was Brunson. You know what I like about this picture? Is Chef Justin Brunson? He's not grossing me out with some 
dirty ass nails and cute. He, he's a groom oh chef, right? <laughs> yeah. Like well, truly, when I see that about a chef, show me your hands, James. You better have some good hands, chef. You got some good hands and your nails groomed and everything else. If I see some long nails on a chef or dirt underneath, I'm like, what? That really disappoints me. Why don't me. we just for 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 today's sake a picture of the day? Why don't we let like uh, Luke? Chef James. And, oh, really? And, and, and uh, uh, I like where you're going with that, Jay. All right, so let's line them up here. And here's Amber Strohauer. That way, Adam could be the tie break if there's a tie. Break. Okay, Amber Strohauer, Strohauer Farms. Here's her pick of the day. We'll just line that up right there. It's a good shot. Some oh, kids. that's good too. That's good. That's good. All right, you got Super that in. Good, Adam, like that. you I taking like that, that one in? Yeah. Yep. I'll Luke, you, you guys are going to be the judges right here. All right. The all Larson right. boys. All right. So there's Amber Strohauer's picture. Now I just like to point something out on this. You know, Luke, Adam, and James. Before you guys judge, and I'm going to talk trash about everybody's picture except mine. It'd be a lot better if the Jeep wasn't back there with a half a person. If it was just hay behind that, that might be the winner. That's all. You'd I'm be saying. better. Okay, here's Brunson's picture. I was a little disappointed by this, but uh, you know, nonetheless, I think it shows a great beauty uh, is picture. in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, it's a great picture. You know. Just the atmosphere there, and that you know, like you could see where his mind was. <laughs> what, okay, you guys, taking that one in. Yeah, all right. Got that's it, that's Justin Brunson. Yeah, that's so you, so you got Amber Strohauer. Uh, here's mine back again. All right, and, and just think of the thought behind this one. So, right. are we changing the rules? Do just you physically actually have to take the picture yourself? No. Or? This wow. is more oh, okay. Hey, I could have taken. Okay. Well, you got to, now listen. That's a good picture. I mean, I took it. No big deal. But it was his. It was he. But he really. Says, he says, "Hey, take really." He he contracted. I was a subcontractor. I couldn't have taken that with my other well, hand. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe okay, not. I'll give you partial credit if that wins, Jay. All right, that's All right. my picture right there. All right, here's Parker's picture, Jay. Jay. All right, hand in Brunson's hand. He's that's uh, that's some Swatch artisan foods that's cheese. Good. I want to lick that spatula just for. Yeah, that you know, makes so. me hungry. Yeah, that, that, that makes, makes you like hungry. That. Yeah. You like that? It makes picture? me hungry. Damn! Don't Peace. you dare! Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Dare yeah. mess around with that? All right, let's see. Where's where's uh, where's Freeman's picture? Where's your picture, Freeman? I don't know. Oh, we were just showing it there just a second ago. Let me. Just what was it? That mushroom? I'll minimize it. Here we go. I'll look at it right here. Where's Freeman's picture? The mushroom was today. The my real picture for yesterday's competition. What was it? Was the wheat? Was the wheat? Yeah, it's oh, yeah. in here. Where yeah. is it? That was a good picture. It's right there. Where, bud? Brian, down or uh, right there? Oh, you Up. keep going right over. Oh, yeah. oh, to the right, to the right, to the right. There you go. Okay, yeah, this <laughs> is. Oh, give me a brick. Yeah. You get out of here. Next. No, I, I mean, listen, <laughs> yeah. that, that tells a story right there. Yeah, really uh, like by that. the way, if it wasn't for that, <laughs> this wouldn't exist. You know, there's hey man, something about start, the, that. You can't start playing that game, the, you know, this before that. What's the higher up God? What do you like every... better? You want to eat protein or you want to drink a whiskey? All right, drum roll, want? please. Larson boys, what do you think? What are we doing? One, two, three, or are we just doing one? Yeah, let's do one, two. With the winner. Is, go ahead. What do you think? Well, I mean, what what's one two? You, yeah, whatever you pick them to be. So you I, know. I, you know, personally, I like the hands. The I hands. Like the dichotomy. Yep. No. Ah, okay. I'm a hand guy. So Jay, I'll do the hands. So what's number two? So I get sixty percent of that. So that. 
the, so the my vision is 40%, 60% of the, of the physical action. Because let's be honest, <laughs> the physical action is what makes the picture look good. Right. The, the part Luke. two is the kids because, I mean, kids, it's kids like, how cute. can you go Hi, wrong? Adam, yeah. you're letting me down. You're letting me oh, put, then, then that me makes me hungry, too. You put me in the basement. That did nothing for you right there? Yeah. That's the one he said. No, me. that's, that's the, the one, one I voted for. You picked that one. But I like the kids, and I also like, makes me hungry on the. I mean, that's a special yeah. picture. The farmer and his sister is yeah, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. It's uh, turning Adam's microphone off. I yeah, got No, I mean I. I'm all over the place. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, for the record, if I was voting, I'd vote for the hand picture. <laughs> My hand picture? Yeah. Because you would, took I it. Would. No, no, not even because I took <laughs> it. Because I mean, because it's a great picture, and I think, and I think, I think Adam said it the best, where, uh, or he was starting where it tells a real. That's the story. It just I mean, tells it's a, a huge a real story, story with that picture. Yeah. You know, bigger. Put it this way: like there, you could talk about that picture a lot longer than the other ones. And if you can talk about it longer in a conversation yeah. without it getting dull, I think that that's the, the people winner. that I don't produce know about the that. Food. Let's talk yeah. about this picture here. We yeah. got the boots. Did you guys notice the cowboy, the green top cowboy boots there? I, I didn't I'm going not. number one with the kids. You I, like I, the, I kids? Think, I think the kids? Amber. Yeah. Okay, yeah. give Doxon a, a stick, Mike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give Docs the stick mic. We uh, got I, I, I have headset mic set up for that. I don't have sticks. Uh, here, just take mine. All right, James. All right, what do we got? First of all, thanks for being here today, man. It means the world. And when, when we produce content and you're a, a chef of, of your steam and, and you're a busy guy, say, hey, it, not only do I want to, but I have to come visit you guys on these trips. Thanks, dude. That means the world to us. Hey, it's my pleasure, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I – it's I'm so passionate about it. it. You guys make it so much so easy for me to come out. It's like, well, why wouldn't I? Thank it's you, it's so much fun. Well, that yeah. and I buy dinner all the time. <laughs> yeah, I totally didn't pull out my credit card <laughs> earlier. Earlier, <laughs> I said, hey, dude, I have no problem buying you dinner, but say thank you at least. Man. He's like, <laughs> all yeah. right. So you know what? So mine is the hands. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Brian's. <laughs> Which one's? It's not the wheat, is it? Yeah. It's the wheat. Oh, okay, cool. Which is, which is okay. <laughs> no, and, and, oh. and Jay's is the, the burgers being smashed Oh, uh, yeah, okay, right? cool. Yeah, Amber like Strohauer's is the kids. Oh, God, yeah. And then uh, Justin Brunson. That guy, right That guy looks real hot. That's a Z166 right there. That gal looks real hot. Where you at? Where, what do you like for the pick oh, of the Oh, my day? goodness. So, yeah, I, I will say – uh, top three are are easily the hands, the burgers, and the kids. Which one first? Uh, Come on, man! Oh my gosh! Uh, so the kids to me is just pure joy. Look at how look at look at their faces. Look at how how you guys remember when you were that? Eight? No, you probably don't. But you remember being a kid and like had not a care in the world. And look at how happy they are, just like. Well, they got cookies in their hands. That's of what, I'm talking, happy, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You rub that all over your face yeah. and then go out. And that's pretend. That's real. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right here. That's reality right there. There's your kids. Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, Is that I'm, the number one? That's pure joy. Uh, I agree. I agree with uh, Jay. The hands you can talk about forever. That that tells a story. Uh, the, that the image. Apple Watch <laughs> with these pristine hands, no calluses on there whatsoever. What have you been doing? What, you, what, you, what, what yeah. do you do, Greg? What, what I have talk you been in doing a microphone and I eat food, dude. <laughs> what do you think I do? This guy's uh, making the food. Oh uh, yeah, us, he man. is. Yeah, yeah. But that does tell the story. It tells a story. It tells a story, and and that's what I love about it. It's you can talk about that story for a long time, and it's such a true story. And that that. Uh, 
I, something about that, you know, that reminds me of the movie Chef, you know, when they're just making this, like, uh, you know, it doesn't even matter. It's just good food. It just tastes good, and that's it. That's all that matters. It's just passion and good food, and it tastes really good, and that's it. So you liked all the pictures. I love all the pictures. You're not going to pick a favorite. I'll pick the hands, man. Ah, he, yeah. that's right, Jay. Yeah, no, hands are number one for sure because because of the story it tells and the story that we are all trying to tell and the story that Modern Eater is trying to tell on this trip, yeah. it, it is symbolic, I think. It's symbolic of the story that we're telling yeah. right now and the story that we're telling tonight. Uh, we're going to knock the rust off. I'm going to tell you, tonight wasn't the most streamlined or best broadcast we've ever done in our life, but we're just getting going. It's the third day out on the road. We're going to get better for you. We're going to have the best clips for you, and we're going to be organized, and we're going to try our best. But i got to tell you, when we're out on the road collecting this content, it's tough. We're running around from point A to point B, and we're trying to do the best work possible. we got guys like Sean who's looking at his watch like, get these dudes out. Let's, let's go. Let's wrap this thing. Right we can do breakfast in Hand the headset to Sean right here. I want to I wanna do the full circle. Thanks, James, and Chef James Doxon right here with us. But we began with you, and we want to end with you because I think that we all understand that community is important. And um, that's what we're doing as we show this is it. It's the food that's on the plate, and that's what we talk about, man. The hospitality tonight, off the hook. Thank you. I appreciate that, brother. I mean, you're right. Food is life, right? I mean, that's what sustains us. That's what keeps us totally. going. And uh, there would be no food. There would be no life without each and every single person at this table. And I appreciate y'all being here. All of oh, you play a very um, important role in what we do here and just what we do as humans in, in Colorado. And I appreciate that. And yeah. Thank you guys so the much. The culture so here much. is awesome. So when you go on down the line of Brian and Litch and Jesse and, and Sean and Aaron and everybody around here that and, and Chef, boy, Chef Reyes, we got to meet tonight. It, it, Robbie, it's it's amazing. We love Colorado brands that work together. And, again, if you're not paying attention, if you're not understanding what's out there right now, there is a war on agriculture in Colorado, and you need to verse yourself. Because if you don't, it's we're going to have to find products far and wide. We're going to have to source stuff from all over the, pro, the place just to bring it here for you to enjoy, and that's not what we want to do. We need to keep singing the praises of Colorado because we have the best of the best right here. Here in this state and that's what we're highlighting on day three of 21 in colorado join us tomorrow we'll still be in breckenridge we're going to go see our friends over there at carboy and then we're heading to palisade and grand junction yes, brian we are. Yes, that's we good are. we're in the rv man i'll tell you what it's one of those things is like oh my god if something can go wrong it will go wrong but we're going to battle ahead and we're going to fight through it for you, Colorado, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I got to tell you, for my friend Luke Larson and Adam Larson, you guys are the best, man. Thanks for being thank here you. with us today. We'll thank be you. in Wal Walsenburg and then in Fowler with you guys, and we're going to connect some dots. But uh, go along on this with us, and I'll tell you what. Thank you, Chef James Doxon from Vibe. And uh, Jay Parker, as always, doing a great job setting this all up for us. For Brian Freeman and myself, Greg Hollenbach, we're going to kick that rock on down the road. We're going to wrap it up here tonight, but we're not going away. We'll see you tomorrow right here at the Modern Eater Show. Again, remember, 8 to 9 p.m., uh, barring connectivity. Yes. If we don't, we'll get it out the next day. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, look for us, 8 to 9 p.m., right on the Modern Eater Network, Facebook and YouTube. But look at our Instagram story and all of our 
very special partners. Check them out and do business with them because that's what Colorado's all about. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow on the Modern Eater Show.